Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. July 25th, 1969, AM, Hunts Landing, Alabama. Acrid sulfur from the fireworks faded with the nighttime breeze. Dr. Theodore Wexler held up his glass red flashes from the police cars on the quad, pulsed chestnut in the bourbon, pulse, pulse. The cadence matched his heartbeat, steadier now, settled after this disrupted day of jubilee. This is G.P. Gottlieb, host for New Books and Literature, a podcast channel on the New Books Network. Today I'm talking to S.K. Waters about her page-turning mystery, The Dead Won't Tell. Protagonist Abby Adams is a historian-turned-journalist and widowed mother of two teens who is given a fascinating assignment by her newspaper to research and write an article about a long unsolved murder that took place in July of 1969 when the entire country was celebrating the moon landing. A young engineering student was violently murdered while students drank themselves silly as they celebrated into the night. Although some won't give Abby any information at all about what happened that night, others are happy to send her in the right direction. Nobody realizes that the murder is still alive and will do everything needed to keep the case unsolved, including murder whoever gets in the way, especially Abby. Hi, Kiana. Thanks for joining me today. Hi. Thank you for having me. So how did you decide to write a mystery and how much fun was it to write? Oh, golly. There was never any question that if I was going to write anything, it was going to be anything but a mystery. Uh, I I read 200 Nancy Drews when I was a little kid, and then I moved up to Agatha Christie. It just, um, it was going to be, there was going to be a dead body in a library or something. It just, that's, I I couldn't imagine writing anything else. I hear ya. So your uh, story is based in Hunts Landing. Where, where is that exactly? Hunts Landing is a fictional town on the Tennessee river in North Alabama. I, I lived in North Alabama for uh, 20 years. I'm, I'm from New Jersey, but I, I lived uh, there for a long time. And it's a, a combination of three real towns, Athens, Alabama, um, Huntsville, Alabama, and Decatur, Alabama, all of which have really rich histories in them. And so I just, I took all three towns and just made up my, my fictional town. The story takes place in Hunts Landing, Alabama, where um, but the Marshall Flight Center is actually in Huntsville, Alabama, yes. where the scientists built the rocket systems that carried the Apollo crew. Can you say more about what happened just as a basis for the story? Yeah, yeah. Um, I just always found it fascinating. Um, having come, I mean, ha- having moved to Alabama 
from the Northeast. Um, I, I, I think I had a, a bit of a, a snobbish um, attitude towards Alabama. I mean, what kind of tech can happen in Alabama? But yeah, Huntsville, Alabama, where the the um, uh, the is where uh, they brought the the German rocket scientists um, from World War II that that the the U.S. got. They brought them to Huntsville, to, and they built the the rocket systems that got the U.S. men on the moon. And that just was just always blew my mind. And and so I really wanted to make sure that um, my 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 fictional story uh, was going to celebrate and, and recognize that event. Right. Verna von Braun. We all remember that. Mm-hmm. So. Um, before that happens, let's back up a little. How did you learn about what happens in the rarefied world of academia when an academic advisor doesn't want to pass a dissertation, which is what happens to Abby? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, I I <laughs> I was in graduate school uh, in history, uh-huh. doing um, my master's in history when baby number one came along and kind of threw that off track. So I was, I was in that world, uh, for, for quite a while. And it's, it's a very, from, from my experience, I'm not, I, I, I can't speak for everyone, but from my experience, it's, it's a very, um, um, nail-biting type of environment. Um, undergrad is very different from, from graduate school, oh, I found. And it was, uh, um, my personal experience was that it, it, it was a little bit nasty. Yes, I'm, I'm aware of it. So Abby, whose dissertation is denied, um, doesn't pass, becomes a journalist instead. And now she's asked to write the inaugural article in a series about the town of Hunt's Landing, about an unsolved murder from 1969. What kind of journalist would enjoy that kind of assignment? I'm not sure anyone... Uh, you're, you're either going to love it or you're going to be like, oh gosh, why did they ask me to do this? Um, and I was kind of kind of waffling, I think, in early drafts of, of what kind of journalist she would be. Um, in, in very early drafts, she was fighting for every penny. I mean, she was a widow, no benefits, um, trying to raise two kids who wanted like the greatest sneakers in the world in, in all um, and, and, and she had no extra money, so she was doing it for money. But um, mm-hmm. over time, um, o- over drafts, she, a- Abby, the character, was doing it for justice. She, she wanted justice for Rosalie. She couldn't stand that this murder had gone, had been ignored, had gone unsolved, and she wanted Rosalie to to get her due. Um, 
So the, the, the character changed over time. So Abby also has a college friend visiting from L.A., a TV personality who's searching for an interesting story. That was a wonderful angle. He seemed way nicer and friendlier than I assumed someone like him would be, like the whole L.A. thing, the whole TV personality. Can you say more about him? Yeah, yeah. He's actually modeled after one of my friends in college. Um, uh, and I, I won't I won't say too much more because it, it's uh, uh, not not fair. But yeah, I had a friend in college exactly like him. And so all his stupid stuff, all of his naming recipes after himself, falling into cellars and, you know, breaking bones and stuff and like trying to get, not get into fights and stuff. Yeah, that's a real person. Whoa. Does that friend know that you wrote a character based on, or did you change the Zach completely so that there's no way he'd ever recognize himself? If he read the book, um, and I, I, I literally haven't spoken to him since college. Um, so, so we're talking the eighties. Um, but if he read the book, he would know it was him. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, wow. I cookie cutter this, this, this dude, but he was so much fun and he was so yeah. corny that, um, uh, I, I couldn't help myself actually. Wow, now it makes me want to Yes, yes. Ooh, let me know. I want to know what happens. (laughs) That would be hysterical. So Abby grew up in the same town. And several interviewees have known her since she was a child. Yes. As a a city person from the north, I wonder how small a town would have to be for a journalist to operate knowing so many people. Well, again, I I made the town up, and it was uh, a combination of of three different towns. So, um, and and I I I do understand that I'm looking at it uh, from a northerner's perspective, and they would. I mean, I, I lived in those in in that area for twenty something years. And nobody would ever say I was a Southern girl. <laughs> so I, I know I had that, that um, slant. But um, I found that the friends that I made in, in those towns were um, some of the, the greatest people I've ever met in my life. Mm. And... I tried to um, giving Abby her supporting cast because she she'd lost her parents. Um, she uh, lost her husband. So she was really alone, but I wanted to give her a supporting cast that was like her her extended family. Um, and it was just so easy to draw uh, on the people that uh, – I, I lived amongst mm-hmm. and, and used them uh, because they the, the heart is there. Um, and and I, I tried to, to bring that in, into the book to show that, you know, people do show up for each other and support each other. I loved that part. I thought you did a great job of that. 
Thank you. Um, can you say uh, can you say a bit about Rosalie Dufresne? Oh golly, yeah, yeah. I was I I, I went to the um, the big library in Huntsville and pulled uh, microfiche actually, and I I think I used that in the book a bit um, where I had a the. Abby and, and the researcher going through microfiche, but I pulled microfiche um, issues of the the newspaper for the 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 week before and the week after the moon landing, and there was the story of uh, I I off the top of my head, and I really have a bad memory. So that's why I have to write everything down. Um, There was a murder in Huntsville that week. And um, just reading the, 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 the newspaper articles about the, the investigation and all, that's how I, I pulled Rosalie together. Um, it, I, I had um, a couple of readers, early drafts, and telling me like, "Oh gosh, this would not have happened. You didn't write this right." And because um, the, they lived in the South in in uh, the late sixties, I didn't. I I, I was born, um, but they were like, "No, you got to change this. You got to change this." To, to make it more authentic. So I did have a, a little bit of help with that. But um, Rosalie was um, based on a real murder that had happened in, in Huntsville in July of 69. Wow. I, from reading this, I thought for sure you were from a small town. For sure you knew all of this stuff, <laughs> that you were a journalist. <laughs> I, I, you, yeah, I bought it all. Abby learns a lot from her. Abby learns a lot from her first interview. Why why had she never done an interview before? A live interview. She had never interviewed anybody in person before. That was an a, a really fascinating aspect for me because as like I said, I, I would with baby before baby number one, um, I was a a graduate student in history, and you you didn't talk to people. Um, to to write a paper or or to do a project, you were in the library. You were looking through dusty books. You were uh, looking through microfiche. You didn't talk to people. So, what when I conceived of Abby, she she hadn't done live. She had never talked to anybody live. Um, and it, I, I wanted to get her her newness at the at the process. So she stumbles when she's uh, her first interview was with Jethro. She stumbles because she doesn't know what to ask because it's not on paper. It's talking to a real live human being, and um, she she I th- I think she she grows and gets better at it. I think she, her her natural um, uh, 
uh, character is, uh, is good at it, but she, she doesn't trust herself at first. And uh, that was important for me to, to um, bring out in her character. She really wouldn't have been able to do any of this if, if not for Jethro. He sets her yeah. on the right path. Can you, can you say more about him? Yeah, Jethro. Um, Jethro is, is, again, based on a, a person I, I know. And uh, she, she has... It, her supporting cast is, is a replacement family. So he's like her replacement dad. And... Um, and he he cares about her and he watches over her actually it didn't make it into the final final cut but there are scenes where he was actually following her to make sure that she wasn't getting in trouble and and to make sure that she was protected so he he's very much that replacement father figure and um, and I'll share this. Yeah, he's he he is based a lot on my own daddy. Oh, and he he's yeah, he's a father figure. Wow, that's good to know. I love finding this stuff out after I read the book. Okay, so um, it would have been fun to know even before, actually. So you've got two stories going, Abby yes. and her college friend Joss. Sorry, I called him the wrong name, but Joss. Yeah, and Joss. They both. They both studied history. One's mm-hmm. uncovering a scoop to be used in a television history show. Uh-huh. And the other, Abby, is writing an article about his, a, a historical cold homicide case. So the one thing they have in common, they're both on deadline. Can we talk about that? Oh, oh, yeah. It, it, it kind of got um, muffled down a bit. But yeah, they were on a clock in early earlier drafts and they they were, were were both trying to um uh get their work done and get get um things submitted on time and and two different different stories um that wound up actually merging but i the whole time i was writing this i had them at my dining room table, and and this I think wound up in in the final, um, but both at the dining room table, both pecking away at their their keyboards across from each other, just like they used to do when they were in college. And again, Joss is is based on um, uh, one of my college friends, and that's what we used to do. Uh, we would you know just be across the table and earbuds in and just working together until like six o'clock in the morning. Because right. we're always um, a deadline. So we spent a lot of time in Abby's kitchen and dining room, as you said. Yes. I'm just wondering if your kitchen, if you, if that kitchen and dining room is also like yours, is yours also like a command central? It was, it, it, okay. it was, I had, um, I had to do an emergency downsize last year. Uh, I had a, a, a water leak. And of course, I had done hardwood floors across my entire ground floor. Oh, and the water leak went under and just warped 
the the floor. So I had to I had to leave. I had to leave my house, and um, and it was a, a, it was an emergency downsize. Like I literally had uh, it, it. It was a Tuesday, and they called me and told me, "Oh, we're coming to tear up your floors on Friday." It was literally like that fast, and wow. there was. It, it, I couldn't stay in the house. So I had to literally find a place and um, move in three days. And we were literally throwing things. I had a couple friends help me. We were throwing things into boxes and handing them to movers. Um, it, it, it was it was that quick. Um, so is it my dining room now? No. Is it... <laughs> Was it what my dining room used to be? Yes. So my last question is what you're working on next. And I also want to know, is there going to be a scene where a body is discovered under a warped floor? Oh, you just gave me a great idea. (laughs) Um, I'm working on the sequel. And um, I had the, I, I had, I had the body, it it's on the square. The the Hunts Landing Square is, is a prominent fixture in in the first book. It's going to be even more so prominent in the second book. And I have a body there already, but I needed a, I needed a place to find the second body. And you just gave me the idea, so thank you. Oh, I love being helpful. Thank you so much for joining me today, Kayanne. It's been a pleasure, and I wish you the best of luck on your next book. Thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. I've, I've really enjoyed talking to you. And thanks for joining me. Again, this is G.P. Gottlieb, author of the Whipped and Sipped Mystery Series and host for New Books and Literature, podcast channel on the New Books Network. Today I've been talking to author S.K. Waters about her fabulous mystery, The Dead Won't Tell. Hope you all have a juicy book to cuddle up with tonight, every night. Happy reading.